Hi, this is Amanda. And this is Lindsay. We're True Creeps. Where the stories are true. And the creeps are real. We'll cover stories from grotesque gore. To the possibly plausible paranormal. To horrifying history. To tense and terrible true crime. And everything else that goes bump in the night. We want you to join us while we creep. We cover mature topics. Listener discretion is advised. Hey, everybody. Today, we're going to talk about some possibly mythical creatures. We're going to start with Zozo, the possible Ouija demon, Yetis, and then finish with black-eyed children. Which are horrifying. Yeah, yeah. My fave, though, too. (laughs) I hadn't actually heard of them until you brought them up for this episode. I don't remember when I... I think I was listening to some podcast. I couldn't tell you which one. And they mentioned it. And I was like, what's this? And then I went and listened to every podcast that had black-eyed children, like, listed or in the name. Anywho, you want to take it away with Zozo? Yes. So, to continue where we left off with our Ouija episodes, we're going to be talking about a potential Ouija demon that many people have reported. And its name is Zozo. Which doesn't seem very threatening. My mom has a dog named Zozo. So (laughs) that's all I think about (laughs) is this little happy, ridiculous dog running around. Uh, (laughs) But Zozo is scary. So Darren Evans first wrote about Zozo in 2009. So it doesn't seem that old, but it has been talked about prior to that. That's just like the first written account that we were able to find. Yeah. And he wrote that the planchette flew wildly between Z and O. Some have said that Zozo means cursed in Latin or Hebrew, but I couldn't find anything that confirmed that. So Zozo told Darren that he had come to take his family to paradise. Then when Darren was like, where's that? It wrote (laughs) H-E-L-L. And all I was thinking of like, isn't there places called hell? Like, or maybe he meant the Cayman Islands or Norway. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's actually a travel agent. It's not. It's just like the spirit of a travel agent that's like, I'm going to take you to paradise for only seven small payments of your soul. Exactly. I think that's what what he meant. Maybe he was just trying to be friendly and give him some vacation destinations. Yeah. Anyways, so Evans then went to the bathroom where his girlfriend was giving their baby a bath. But the girlfriend wasn't there and the bath was overflowing. Where the hell was your girlfriend? And who would leave a baby in the bath? Yeah, I was confused about that particular story. I've seen it written a few different times where like people, some people just like the baby was in danger and like just talk about like Zozo threatening his baby's life, not specifically this drowning incident. But I've also seen this specific drowning incident in like multiple sources. Yeah. Which I too was like. Where's your, where are you? Well, it's it's similar to that story that I had said in our Ouija episode where like the Ouija board did something weird and then the baby, you know, something else happening to a baby and it was just mm-hmm. too coincidental to when the Ouija board was being played with. But yeah. the baby was in the tub drowning. So he was able obviously to save the baby, but it's just weird. Like what made the girlfriend leave that room to the point where the tub would be overflowing? Who would leave running water with a baby? Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Very strange. Zozo should have <laughs> called CPS. <laughs> Could you imagine there's like somebody at whatever child protective services is in your jurisdiction with a Ouija board and it's like, tell me where the kids are, which kids are in danger. And it's like D-A-R-R-E-N-E-V-A-N-S. That's the beat of it, in case you were wondering. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. If only the Ouija boards moved that yeah. fast too, right? Normally yeah. it's so slow. So later Evans claims that his daughter had an infection due to Zozo, and they weren't sure what brought this infection on. So after all of this occurred, for some weird reason unknown to myself, Darren continued to talk to Zozo. And Zozo would sometimes lie and say that he was another entity or possible like ghost family member. After he would think that he was talking to someone else, it would be like, just kidding, it's Zozo, hey. And then more weird shit would happen. Uh, There are many different accounts of Zozo. And I keep thinking, you know, it's such an easy thing to spell that maybe it's just happenstance that that name comes up so frequently. I don't know if it would be the same demon bouncing around house to house. That just seems really weird. (laughs) I don't know how much demons travel. (laughs) Zozo is very busy. It's got a lot to say. People have been using the Ouija board and they believe that they're talking to relatives or other things and then it'll end up being Zozo. They would ask questions that the spirit would know about their loved ones And then all of a sudden, the planchette would begin doing the Z and O over and over again. It would also spell out obscenities and blasphemies and all kinds of horrible things. And it would also promise to drag firstborn sons (laughs) to hell. So specific. Right? And when I'm picturing the Ouija board and they're like, you know, doing it, how long does it take them to say, like, I'm grabbing your firstborn and taking him to hell? Like, that's like an hour. Okay, so... One of the things that I did was I was looking on YouTube for Zozo stories and like experiences. And there was this one that was like an hour and a half. So I was like, oh, like surely something happens in this then, right? Yeah. And the first 15 minutes is the guy being like, I guess this was a live YouTube thing. I don't know how YouTube works, but I think it was originally live and then it was just a video you could watch. But he's like, I'm not seeing enough likes, guys. I'm not seeing enough likes. Oh my gosh. And was like really aggressive. And he's like, I'm probably going to just stop if I don't get enough likes. And I was like, well, first off, I don't like I don't like the energy in this room. So let's start there. And then secondly, like Hmm. he had it sitting on his lap like the Ouija board. And I was like, this feels not very reliable. Yeah. But also like when it was moving, it was like really slow. And I was like, okay, sure. This is real, YouTube guy. Did you watch the full hour and a half video? No, but I was like skipping around. And I when I was skipping around, like it would be like, he'd be like, whoa, man. And then like, I was like, oh, I missed something. And then I would like go back and it was just like one letter and it didn't. I was like, Ugh. and then I finally, like after 20 minutes of just zooming around in this, I was like, oh, a waste of my time, aggressive YouTuber. Well, I know what I'm doing later. <laughs> during a Ouija board YouTube channel. Maybe people will watch it. You could you could use all of your house decor. They better like it. They better like it or else. I'm probably summoning something every time I use my mouse. Probably. Or the mouse is actually surfing the web through you. I mean, probably. That's why I have so many tabs open. It was not you who bought things off of the Amazon deal Facebook groups. It was the spirit of Patience Worth. Probably. (laughs) (laughs) Zozo's the one that started the shopping addiction, not me. It's Zozo. Can I just start blaming things on Zozo? I mean, who's going to stop you? No one. Probably Zozo. (laughs) So the oldest Zozo story is in the Dictionnaire Infernal from 1816, and it's by Colin Day Plancy. 
It's a story of a girl who's possessed by Mimi, Capulet, and Zozo. So I don't know if it was Zozo being multiple personalities there, or if there were really three demons possessing this girl. Also, like a demon named Mimi. Well, Zozo, Mimi, none of that. None of it is scary in any way. I I guess I don't know a scary name that it could call itself, but maybe they were just going for easy. Yeah. So the girl had strange movements that were thought to be commanded by the demons, and she was eventually exorcised. When the demons left her body, the windows shattered. De Plancy was a skeptic and didn't believe the story. I mean, fair. Yeah, he wrote it, but he didn't believe it. He was providing an account. So there are various ways that people have said to be communicating with Zozo. One, obviously, the Ouija board through EVPs, which is uh, electronic voice phenomenon. Mm -hmm. And you could use like a digital recorder for that. Automatic writing and hypnosis. How scary would that hypnosis session be? I can't say that sounds like a fun time. Have you ever been hypnotized? Um, I I don't think so. No, like it was a fun like middle school game, like a slumber party game, but I don't think anyone actually did anything. I went to a woman who she did Reiki therapy, which is energy work, but she also did hypnosis. Like it, it actually did work. Interesting. The context of how I've experienced hypnosis is it's not rooted in trying to speak to another entity. So the idea that you would be speaking as another entity is strange to me because hypnosis, from what I understand, is like about, to a certain extent, it can be about tapping into your subconscious. Yeah. So the idea that it's going to like accidentally go into a demon channel sounds odd to me. But I saw that too and I was like, hmm, interesting. Yeah, that sounds sounds strange because all I've really heard of hypnosis working on is like when law enforcement was trying to get, you know, an account of something that happened or people use it for things like to stop smoking and other yeah other things like that. But I've never heard of it when trying to communicate with something. So sounds horrifying. Yeah. So there are a few different theories of what Zozo is. Uh, I The one that I saw the most was that Zozo is the Mesopotamian god Pazuzu. Zozo, Zuzu. Yeah. And this is a P-A-Z-U-Z-U. But, you know, people rebrand themselves, as do demons. And so this was a, it was thought to be a demonic god from the first millennium BCE, and that he was the son of the king of demons of the underworld. And his brother was the demon god protector of the cedar forest in the epic of Gilgamesh. Very, very interesting to me. But so when I was like reading about him a little bit, it talked about he was a demon of the underworld who was in control of the western and southwestern winds. Okay. And that he would bring famine during the dry season. And then during the rainy season, he would bring storms and locusts. Folks thought if they prayed to him, it would save them from destruction. And what was interesting is in this ideology, so demon is a translation of the Greek daemon which means spirit. So it would make sense that this ideology wouldn't see them as rooted in evil, just as a spirit that they could pray to to help. And interestingly as well, he was thought to be, quote, particularly powerful in protecting pregnant women and children from the demon goddess Lemishtu, who preyed on unborn and newborn babies. And so like, it wasn't just that he, it was like, if you don't pray to me, I will like fuck with your land. It was like, I'll also protect you from another spirit. That demon sounds worse than many other demons that are talked about even more. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, oh, we have a 
We have a demon goddess who preys on unborn and newly born babies. Haven't heard of her. I felt like you buried the lead here, but okay, sure. We'll focus on Pazuzu now. Uh, well, another reason to be scared of uh, baby monitors. Absolutely. So another theory is that Zozo is actually the spirit of Roland Doe. And I couldn't find too much on him. But from what I saw, he was a 14-year-old boy who had underwent an exceptionally violent exorcism in 1951. And that because it was so terrible, he now does this. And then it's suggested that he was the inspiration for the exorcism interesting yeah that guy had a very unfortunate oh my name. god rolling dough rolling into dough he could have been a famous baker i figured that it was his first name was roland and they didn't have his last name recorded so it was just dough like jane doe no no it's d-o-e but we're gonna just assume it's d-o-u-g-h spelling out loud is hard yes <laughs> So there are a number of signs when using the Ouija board or other avenues of talking to spirits that you are talking to Zozo. One being the mood or temperature of the room may suddenly shift. And that's pretty common when any spirit is present. So it's hard to just attach that to just Zozo. Yeah. Even if Zozo doesn't directly reveal himself, he may continue to point out to the letter Z. Or even call himself Zaza. Zaza. Or maybe, I feel like Zuzu then, right? Oh, like like going, like going hard on the O? Well, wasn't his name? Pazuzu. Pazuzu. Oh, you mean Z-U-Z-U. I thought you meant Z-O-O. Yeah. So once Zozo does reveal himself, he will often spell his name over and over up to hundreds of times in a row. And what I don't understand about this is if my Ouija board... Starts doing this over and over and over again. The Z-O-Z-O-Z-O. Mm -hmm. I would probably get up and walk away. Just a thought. You know what this makes me think of? Okay, when you were just learning how to draw in cursive, did you write your name like a whole bunch? Everyone did. That's just a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm thinking. So this is like the spirit equivalent of learning cursive and <laughs> writing your name a whole bunch of times. <laughs> Again, you've cracked the case. <laughs> Anywho, <laughs> that's me. I'm going to send you a detective outfit for Christmas. So glass, especially mirrors, may break. So in addition to glass breaking, scratches sometimes appear on the body of anyone in the residence, even if they weren't the ones participating and playing with the Ouija board. And you see that also in a lot of like those ghost shows saying, you know, that the ghost or spirit or whatever scratched the person. Yeah. So Ben and I were staying at a bed and breakfast once. And this was like a situation where like I could feel like the okay. little ghost emotions. And it was like ranging from like intense sadness to like that skin crawling mad. And the morning when I woke up, I had scratches that didn't make sense. That's scary. Yeah. But on the upside, they made delicious pancakes in the morning. The, the people who own the BNB, not the ghost. Oh, man, I got really excited <laughs> for a second. <laughs> ghost pancakes so <laughs> while while they were using the ouija board occasionally there would be movements on with the planchette that were shaped like a rainbow so just like side to side i wonder if that's like when they were trying to spell zozo but it would spell out zozo zaza zz mama oz 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 and abacus no no idea for some reason too the number 28 comes through 
And the funny thing is, like, I, I don't know why, but every time I play roulette, I always play 28 and I normally win. Ooh, you got that demon magic on your side. I got demon magic. <laughs> so while using the Ouija board, they also have an extreme sense of uneasiness, thoughts of depression, and this could happen during or after the Ouija board session. I feel like that's just like par for the course, right? Like, wouldn't you be uneasy while using a Ouija board? And you can't be like generalized depression sometime when you might be using it. Like, I don't know. That feels a little wishwashy. Yeah, yeah. It seems a little weird. They also sometimes experience dark shadow movements in or around the Ouija board area. And if you're, you think that you're, you know, talking with any sort of spirit, I, I feel like your mind could play some tricks on you yeah. where you see things out of the corner of your eye. Absolutely. Also, the board mentions paradise, taking you to hell in the Cayman Islands. Travel agent. Mm -hmm. It sometimes tries to befriend you as well. And it also gives correct answers about your future. Mm -hmm. It also does its best to draw you back to the board. And I feel like I could see a lot of people doing that, you know, if they get one answer about something that might happen. And honestly, yeah. most of the time, it's probably like a 50-50 shot that they're going to be right on something if they ask a question. Yeah. Why would I say most of the time? It literally says yes or no. So like, if they ask a question, it's like, no, it's going to be right 50% of the time. So it's like, I, I don't yeah. know if I buy that. But when, once someone gets a correct answer, I could see them going, oh, what's next? What else will happen, right? It also may make sexual advances to the participant <laughs> by physically touching or by massages. Uh, Ouija participants also sometimes lose track of time, but I can understand that too, because it probably takes an hour for anything to be answered. So they also <laughs> have a sense of empowerment. And also a lot of people say that they have bad luck after talking with Zozo. So Zozo has become so popular that Ghost Adventures did an episode about it. And there's also a big following to it, and it's become an internet legend. It appears in many online stories. There's tons of YouTube videos, blogs, and there's even a movie now called I Am Zozo. I am excited to watch that, but I didn't get a chance to watch it before the episode, unfortunately. Oh, it looked real, real good. <laughs> the, uh, yeah, there's, I, I feel like I might have seen it before, but like, to be honest, a lot of the Ouija board movies all sort of look the same. So yeah, they can only be so different. I want a happy one where the Ouija board helps them write their books. That sounds like a horrifically boring movie. <laughs> it's just like seven hours of one letter at a time. It's slow motion for good measure, too. Yeah, I want that. Are you ready to talk about the Yeti? All right. Okay, so we decided to do Yetis because we mentioned Yetis in our Ditloff Pass mm -hmm. episode. So we were trying to do things that we like talked about relatively recently. We were like, we don't know about this. Let's talk about it a little bit more. And Yetis, I thought, were particularly interesting, partially because in America, our Sasquatch is Bigfoot. Mm -hmm. Or I say America, but North America. Yeah. And there's tons of things on Bigfoot now. I didn't realize it until I was looking up some things for this episode. But there are like TV shows about people hunting it. There was a whole bunch on Yetis, more than I thought there would be. There's been a lot of scientists that have tried to prove or disprove their existence, but let's back up a little bit. So Yetis are generally thought to be in the Himalayas, and 
there's two types of yetis per the Sherpas. So there's the one that's considered a livestock bear, which walks on all four legs and preys on livestock. Also known as a wolf. <laughs> and then there's also one called a human bear, which is not a bear, but a different species. And this appears in Buddhist temple adornments and religious painted scrolls. And I admittedly do not know a ton about Buddhist religion, specifically type Tibetan Buddhists, because they actually heavily include yetis in some of their artwork and they one of the things that buddhists believe is reincarnation and they're right there's different levels like you could be reincarnated as a human or you could be reincarnated as an animal among other classes and the existence of a yeti suggests that there is a realm in between humans and animals and it's in this one certain type of buddhism interesting yeah so there's many different names for Yeti. I think one of the most common ones in America that we've heard of is the Abominable Snowman. So Abominable Snowman comes from Henry Newman, who was a journalist, and he interviewed folks who had just returned from Mount Everest. And they said they saw prints in the snow that looked like they were like of a man, but bigger. Uh-huh. And the guides attributed them to Meito Kangmi, and that means man bear snowman. And Newman mistranslated Meito to mean filthy. And he was like, mm, that's not as good as Abominable. So Abominable Snowman basically came from a full-on purposeful mischaracterization of what somebody else said in the early 20th century. That's interesting. I've never thought of where it came from. That's so random. <laughs> yeah. And so some interesting facts we're going to say with a question mark about Yetis. That's a skewed word. <laughs> yeah, skewed. This is a accumulation of facts based on various people's experiences, folklore, and and etc. But so, yeah, these are thought to be over six feet tall, to stand upright on two legs, okay. to have reddish brown fur, and to be nocturnal. They're thought to make a high-pitched scream or whistle, and it's more common to hear them than it is to see them. Also, they're thought to have their own language, and they're thought to be led by the females of their species. Tibetan cultural images of yetis include an ape. They're kind of ape-like rather than bear-like. They have long arms, and then they have like a cone kind of head. And then their body has long brown or reddish fur. Okay. But their face is hairless with a flat nose. And then depending on like where they're walking or climbing, they'll either be on two or four feet. What I don't understand is where do all of these facts come from? Because let alone, you know, it's very hard to see them supposedly i think that some of it is coming from like an oral tradition of like people who think they've seen them like generations and generations ago but we'll also talk about some sightings and sometimes when people thought they saw them and didn't there's religious leaders within like the tibetan buddhist who they one person said that they had experiences like up close and personal with a yeti where they would bring them food they're also thought to eat Mosses that glow on glaciers, frogs, pikas, Pikachus, <laughs> pika, shrews, and then stolen food from humans. And by the way, a pika is a small mountain dwelling mammal found in Asia and North America. Looks like a little hamster thing. Also, there are some that believe that yetis become, become invisible. The use of a talisman. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So they're thought to live in the mountains of Asia below the snow line. So I guess I would have assumed they would have been like as high up as possible, but they're like a little lower. And in folklore, they kind of, it's like depending on who's telling the story, because in some stories, they're kind of a cautionary tale for folks to stay close to the village so they don't wander out so far. So they're thought of as dangerous. 
And then for some, including Tibetan Buddhists, they think that they're very gentle and kind and that they are just like gentle souls. In 2013, an Oxford geneticist named Brian Sykes said he had a sample of Yeti hair, teeth, and tissue that was taken from a sighting. And in total, he had 57 samples. Just a lot. How how would one get these samples unless it was dead? And then if it was dead, wouldn't it be pretty easy to show people? Oh, I have a funny, interesting thing about that. And we'll get to in a moment about what happens if you find a dead one. Oh, gosh. Or if you find one generally, actually. But so 36 of the samples were tested by the University College in London. And what they did was they compared the samples given with other animals. And most of them were from cows, horses, or bears, which is not unsurprising. And then... Yeah. A possible explanation for what the sightings that have been in the past were was that two samples were a hundred percent match to a bear that so this and this particular bear lived forty thousand to hundred and twenty thousand years ago. And it's thought to be okay. like the ancestor of the polar bear and the brown bear. So like before they evolved to what they are today, they were this bear. Okay. And that this is another strand of that bear that we just haven't seen yet. And that there's less of. There were other scientists who they tested the same sample and they were like, uh, Dodos, this is a Himalayan bear. <laughs> it's just a rare brown bear. Mm. But it already exists. And <laughs> they're like, this is new. Yeah. And then there were two other researchers that do that also analyze the dna it was ronald pine and elise gutierrez and they said quote there's no reason to believe that sykes et al's two samples came from anything but ordinary brown bears so it's it's not like they're even still kind of like perhaps this is just like bears we know about yeah and additionally in 2017 there were another nine yeti samples that appeared that were a mixture of bone, teeth, skin, hair, and feces, which don't ask me where they came from because I don't understand. They say that they're collected from the monasteries and caves in the Himalayas and the Tibetan Plateau, and that they also collected samples from bears in that region and animals elsewhere, and that eight out of nine of the samples were bears, Fair. and then the other sample was a dog. How do you not know that's from a dog? Oh, that poor dog dog. Well, yeah, what what I don't understand is like when they go into these caves and they're like, look, there's a tooth there. It must be a Yeti tooth. Couldn't be a bear, even though that's where they're hibernating. Not a bear tooth. It's a Yeti tooth. I mean, like you would think that, but I think now people are just like so excited about it. And so <laughs> interestingly, like you have to be, to, people go Yeti hunting and they do. Yeah. There's shows about it. Yeah. And so in um, Nepal, you can get a yeti hunting license for 5000 rupees uh i mean yeah that's a way to make easy money for the government right yeah and you can photograph it but you can't hurt them unless it's in self defense if they are captured they must be surrendered to the government of nepal so whether dead or alive you're giving it to the government of nepal okay and if you have anything that confirms the existence of a yeti that you take when you go yeti hunting uh-huh. It must be submitted to the government of Nepal and cannot be given out without their permission. So basically, they're just like, citizens, can you find this for us and pay us to find yeah. it? But don't tell anyone about it. Let us take the credit for it. Yeah, that's how that goes, right? And so I, I just need to tell you one more story of a sighting of a Yeti. And it's my favorite one. <laughs> You're so happy. I'm so excited. No, it's so good. It's so good. I literally just like stopped for a moment and laughed. So in 1986, Anthony Woodridge was hiking in the Himalayas. And when he was hiking, he saw something 500 feet away near a ridge. And he was like, 
It's a Yeti. It didn't move and it didn't make a sound. And he saw odd tracks that led to it. So we took two photographs. They were deemed genuine. And there was a director of primate biology named John Napier from the Smithsonian who was like, yes, these are genuine. The next year, researchers went to where the photos were taken and they were a rock. (laughs) (laughs) It was a rock. It was just a big rock. (laughs) It was just a big rock. <laughs> how did they how did they not do that first before deeming them genuine? <sighs> right? Like must have been very embarrassing. I could see if you were looking at something like, oh hey, I'm assuming this is a figure. If this is a figure, does it look like it's standing upright? Does it look like it's six to eight feet tall? Those kinds of things, and you're confirming that. Like you're coming from a place of this is a live thing, and you're assuming someone didn't send you a picture of a rock. Whose job is it to deem a Yeti picture genuine? Uh, the director of primate biology from the Smithsonian. Okay. Well, I mean, sounds like a pretty easy gig, right? I mean, apparently. <laughs> rock photo. That's a Yeti for sure. You know what? Those um, videos that I sent you when we were hiking uh, last weekend? That was actually Yeti poop, not bear poop that we saw. Oh. Can you send that up to the Smithsonian for me? Yeah, I will. Thanks. As I mentioned before, it's included in Tibetan Buddhism temples, and it's like incorporated into their that religion. But one of the things that religious leaders would do, would they would kind of like, they would go into seclusion and they would meditate for a long time. And while they would do that, it was common that like people from the nearby village would bring them food and water and that kind of stuff so that they could focus on meditating. But there was one instance where the religious leader said that it was a Yeti who brought him food and water. Okay. And that when I believe it was multiple Yetis and that when one of them died, he took its scalp back. Why would he scalp it? Well, he wanted to prove its existence. So he took it back and it was like included in one of the temples for like decades and decades. And eventually a researcher like went and tested it. And I don't think it was from a Yeti. Also, researchers who had been in there would like... Uh switch out pieces of like supposed yetis there was a yeti hand at one point and one person they replaced the bones in it with human hand bones because they wanted to test them and so like it's i would imagine if that happened once it could happen many times so when they tested the scalp of the yeti it was actually like sewn together skin from like an animal called a sarah which is similar to a goat a goat okay that seems a little less threatening than the yeti yeah (laughs) yeah a little bit a little bit with everything that the world is today i feel like if yetis were real we would have irrefutable evidence of their existence but then again we don't know what's in the ocean so it's fair that we wouldn't know what's up high well that and like there's a lot of things ghosts i believe in ghosts but there is no scientific evidence of them yeah weird ocean fish So now for one of my favorite urban legends, my newly favorite urban legends, because I did not know that they existed until Lindsay was like, check this out. And I was like, oh, man, this this story creeps me out. I don't know if I 1000% believe it, but just the thought of this happening makes me uneasy. Yeah, it's nightmare fuel for real. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Like researching it and reading the stories at night is fantastic. Definitely recommend. (laughs) Mm Mm-mm. I was sending Lindsay pictures as I researched at like two in the morning. And I was like, this keeps coming up on all of my internet searches. And I just have it staring at me while I read. Ah, not terrifying at all. 
No, no. <laughs> she loves waking up to weird messages from me. Well, basically, so I'll like get up to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night and look at my phone. And it's like a creepy child or whatever we happen to be researching that week. I've no, I know to expect it now, though. So there's that. She's ready. I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> so what is a black eyed kid? Basically, it's just a bunch of characteristics rolled into one potential scary thing. So typically, it's a group of two to four individuals, and they're normally around the age of like eight years old, all the way to teenagers. There's not really like a specific look for them because they can range in different ages and different outfits. They typically wear clothes that are outdated or wrong for the season. So what I mean by that is like in the summertime, they might be wearing like hoodies or they might be wearing clothes from like the 1800s. You know, it. it there's so many different accounts and different descriptions that it's not really fair to say that they wear a certain thing. Yeah. They also speak oddly as if English or whatever language you're speaking to the people isn't their native language. They're very demanding and pretty pushy as well. They have like a plan, like they want to enter your home or your car or whatever in some way. And if they don't get what they want, they become pretty pushy. They appear and disappear without explanation. So on some of the accounts, I would see that someone went to call the cops or call a neighbor or whatever. And they watch the kids and they look away for a second as they're walking down the street. And then they look back out their window and they're gone. They also exhibit, in some instances, psychic powers that can disrupt and affect electrical devices such as lights and things like that. So they also have an aura that scares or disturbs animals. There's so many stories on the internet with them, and any of them that involves an animal says that the animal reacted to them or reacted oddly before they knocked on the door. The main feature is that their eyes are all black. There are no whites that can be seen in their eyes. They're just pure black eyes staring at you. I feel like whenever I read any of those sightings, they're like, and then I noticed that their eyes were all black. And I'm like, I would notice that pretty quickly. Like, I feel like I would realize because i mean i also like i look people in the eye when i speak to them so you know child adult animal <laughs> i'm looking at the eyes so i feel like i would notice i would think that too however in almost every story that i've read about them they're looking down or they have oh, a hoodie yeah. on and they're kind of looking down and you know like a child being shorter than you which even children are taller than me most of the time but when they're looking down with like a hood or something on you're not going to see their eyes they're just kind of like that's true I don't that's know. true and then when they look up they're like oh shit <laughs> and if these things exist, right, that's terrifying when reading these stories. We'll, we'll go over a couple of them, too. But then, like, let's say they don't exist, and it's actually, like, children knocking on people's doors for help that are just, they have, like, eye issues. Kind of makes me sad. Oh, gosh. Well, here's, like, I don't know. From the examples that we have, I mean, the kids are fine. Like, like nobody was like in distress, like true and like didn't get help that they needed. You know what I mean? Like it was a little strange. So they've become and again, I don't know how I missed them, but they've become pretty popular. They've been on magazines. They've been on various like odd encounter TV shows. Mm -hmm. There's even movies made about them as well. Yeah. And 
I'm almost curious now, you know, now with like ring and all the different various cameras all around like every single person's property. When are we going to get an authentic ring doorbell encounter with a black eyed child? Well, so from everything I've seen, most like it seems like they tend to target people who are alone, which would make me think that they would also target people who don't have like a recording device. So that's a way to prevent it is just put up. Yeah put up a ring so i've got two baby we're waiting for our sponsorship yeah we are look do you want to not have black eyed children come and do weird stuff put up a ring you're good to go while we talk about it too i had to open up all the wonderful pictures of them oh god no i can't do it it'll creep me out i won't sleep tonight it's too it's 8 20 if i look at them four hours before bed no sleeping the story that's commonly believed to be the first like recorded one is from 1996 not to say that it didn't happen before then it's just you know the internet in full swing so brian bethel had gone to drop off a payment for his internet bill in a drop slot and he was sitting in the parking lot in his car using the lights of like a movie theater marquee to like illuminate the check he was writing back when you would sit in your car and write checks to for your bills rather than filling out bill pay Okay, and so he's sitting there, and he doesn't see anybody walk up. He just, like, suddenly hears a knocking on his driver's side window. And he was, like, focused on what he was doing, so he didn't see anybody come up. And when he looked up, he saw two kids who were casually dressed, and they were kind of, like, tweens, so, like, not quite teenagers, but not... It wasn't strange that they were out by themselves, you know? And it was, like, the late 90s, so kids did what they want. So um, one had curly hair and tan skin, and the other had freckles and red hair. And so he rolled down his window just a little bit to see what they wanted. And he felt what he described as incomprehensible, soul-wracking fear. But he could not place why. But he, like, couldn't place it because it wasn't like he was in a menacing place. And the children didn't look particularly menacing when he first looked at them. I feel like I would also, though, like, if I'm in the middle of writing down something and looking down and then all of a sudden someone's tapping on my car window, I feel like that would, like freak me out, too, for a quick second. Yeah, but I don't think that, like, that was it. Because I don't think, because, you know, like, you can get jump startled, right? Like you're doing something and somebody like comes up and you're like, oh, oh yeah, like other things exist in the world than the task I'm doing. But so it didn't when I saw like how he described it, it didn't seem like it was just a startle. It seemed like to his core, he could he felt scared. But so the tween with curly hair asked Bethel for a ride. And so he the kid explained that they needed to go to their mom's house so that they could get money they needed to see the movie they wanted to see. Weird a little bit, right? And so yeah, let me stranger. Yeah. Give me a ride. Yeah. Again, the 90s. But also, like, it's interesting that they would, like, go to the movies but not have the money they needed for it, right? And so, Bethel's account of the boys, he doesn't say that there's anything particularly sinister about them, but the more he talks to them, the more scared he gets. And the more, like, the, the feeling of unease that he has just starts to get worse and worse. And so, the boys said they wanted to see Mortal Kombat. And remember before, I was saying that he was using the light of the marquee to write his check. So, he had, like, yeah. casually looked at it earlier. And he was, like, probably, like, oh, like, it's this time. And last showing's already in. You know what I mean? Like, he was aware of the last showing. And yeah. it was later than the last showing would have begun. So, the kids weren't going to see a movie. Or that movie, at least. And so, he said that to, the like, the he told them that, like, well, hmm. Weird that you're saying you're saying you're going to go see Mortal Kombat because the last showing already started. And the curly headed boy continued to try to convince Bethel to give him a ride. And the kid was like, it won't take long. We're just two little kids. It's not like we have a gun or anything. If you tell me you don't have a gun, I now think you have a gun. Who says that? (laughs) By the way, just let's just go ahead and assume that. 
So he's talking to these kids, right? Feeling the feeling of dread. And his hand starts drifting to the lock on his door and like to unlock it. And when he noticed his hand like doing that, he pulled it back. And he felt like he had been like kind of in a trance between him and the curly haired boy because he was like looking at the kid when this was happening. And when he moved his hand back, that's when he broke eye contact. And so Bethel explained that when he broke the kid's gaze, his quote, mind exploded in a vortex of all consuming terror, which first off, lovely writing. And secondly, like that's very specific. So and that's when, of course, he realizes that both the kids have pitch black eyes. And so he starts kind of like making excuses and like he winds up his window and he's like trying to be like i'm gonna get on the get you know and so the curly headed boy begins knocking harder on the window and he says demanding yeah and he says we can't come in unless you tell us it's okay let us in so how does he know they weren't vampires i don't know it feels really vampire-y right right yeah and like the little kid like his voice is like angry like really angry and so he just got the hell out right like he left and so bethel's story has been shared very widely including it was on a tv show called monsters and mysteries in america which is on the destination america channel so this is like the start of people being like oh i'm not the only one and we have a few other stories for you then it spawned all kinds of them and a lot of the stories too and we're not going over all of them but a lot of them are like i'm so happy that someone else was talking about it i had an encounter too i went like this yeah which is pretty similar to how zozo stories are because people were like oh i'm so glad you put this up because i've had something like this and they just Mm -hmm. thought it was a one-off and didn't realize it was part of a pattern yeah okay so one story was from 2014 And the woman's name was Sarah Beth. And she was pretty skeptic when it came to like unworldly things. And she had also never heard of black eyed kids before she had an experience with them. And once reading about everyone else's, that's when she decided to post hers. And hers happened on Halloween in 2014. So her and her husband were watching TV in their living room. And, you know, little by little, they were answering the door for trick or treaters. And around 930 is when they noticed, okay, I think trick-or-treating's over. It's time to like, you know, wind down, get ready for bed. So she went, she turned off the porch light and her and her dog, an American bulldog, Chloe, uh, <laughs> she let her out of her crate. And I will say one of my favorite breeds is American bulldogs. So I was like, so cute. Yep. That's a weird way of saying yep, wasn't it? I don't know. <laughs> so at that time, um, her husband went and decided to, you know, get ready for bed and he went to go take a shower. And her and the dog were hanging out on the couch. They also had a son, but he wasn't home. He was actually out with his friends and he wasn't supposed to be home for about another hour or so. So that night, her and her husband had been watching like scary, spooky shows about ghosts and things. So she was already kind of on edge when he got up to take a shower. And that puts us at about 10 p.m. And that's when she heard a knock at her door. So at first she was like, she felt uneasy, but then she was also a little annoyed thinking it might have been trick-or-treaters and that it was a little too late and the porch light was already off. She was also a little weirded out because the porch light was off. And so she thought it was odd that they would have knocked rather than ringing the doorbell because the doorbell had a glow on it for when it was dark, which I, I don't think I would think about that too much. Like if if it's Halloween night, trick-or-treaters are going to like do whatever, you know, I, I'm not going to overthink if they knock on the door or ring the doorbell. So her door had like yeah. a piece of glass 
on it too so like you could see in and out of the house so she knew that like they saw her and so i feel like that's why she's like i gotta answer the door and she looked for her dog because you know any dog owner knows when you open the door you have to know where your dogs are first and she wanted to basically make sure that chloe wasn't gonna get out but so when she started like looking for chloe she saw her crouching by the back door and typically like if she had to go potty or something chloe would have like come up and like er, and rested her head on her hand or like licked her so she knew like it wasn't that the dog had to go potty like something was weird so at that time before opening the door she was gonna put chloe in her crate but chloe just stared at her refusing to move and that that's pretty odd too especially for like a kennel trained dog not listening you know especially if that's like their routine so she called up to her husband knowing you know he probably wouldn't answer because he was in the shower and and meanwhile you know these people are still just like waiting at her door (laughs) so then as she started like walking to the door a car drove by and it it put a little bit of a light on her patio so she could see that it was just two children at her door so she was like okay yeah it is just trick-or-treaters we're fine she goes, she opens the door, and she only opens it a little bit because remember, Chloe's out. She flips on the light, and she sees just, yeah, two kids standing there. The two kids, though, were not dressed in costumes. And when she opened the door, they didn't say anything like trick-or-treat or anything. They weren't holding bags open. Nothing a typical, you know, child on Halloween would be doing. Yeah. There was one boy and one girl. So the girl appeared to be a little bit older, and she had blonde hair. The boy was relatively shorter and had, like, brown honey colored hair and she guessed him to be about eight or nine in a polite voice the girl said ma'am can we come inside to use your phone and call our mom then sarah was like "Mm, this seems weird her stomach was like flipping she felt uneasy and she kind of had that feeling of like something is wrong which i think yeah if a kid's knocking on your door that late it is kind of strange so sarah was like um hun don't you have a phone of your own to call your mom on which i feel like Yeah, I don't know. If they're asking you, they probably don't, Sarah. (laughs) I love that attitude. (laughs) All right. So then the kids look at each other and they don't speak. They just kind of weirdly look at each other. So then they... (laughs) And then the girl, again, she's the only one talking, says, ma'am, my cell phone battery doesn't have any charge left in it. Can we come inside and call our mother? We're alone out here and my brother is scared. Any kid that's scared, they're going to be like, I'm scared. Or they're going to like show that they're scared in some way, not just like look up at their, I don't know, big sister and then have her reply for him. That's just very weird. So then by this time, the light inside the house showed the girl's face as she stepped closer. So Sarah Beth at this time was like conflicted. Her maternal instinct wanted to help the kids you know reunite with their mom but she also felt inexplicable dread and so she didn't really know what to do during the brief exchange she already unknowingly opened the door a few inches more remember she was trying to only open it a little bit just in case chloe tried to get out but then she noticed what she was doing you know opening it more and she stopped herself and then she said why don't you just give me your mother's phone number and i can call her myself which is fair. Again, the weird kids just look at each other. Yeah. <laughs> don't speak. And then the the girl says, ma'am, my little brother has to use your bathroom. Can we please come inside to call our mom? As the girl spoke, though, she started to like motion like she was just going to come right in. Mm-hmm. Can I ask you a question? Like, don't you think a little boy would have just like dominated to do outside for the most part? Yeah. As a boy mom? Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I believe he would have. <laughs> <laughs> oh 
I believe he would have. <laughs> so with the little girl like trying to like almost come inside her house, she put her face into the light. And then that's when Sarah noticed that the little girl's eyes were solid black. Mm-mm. And that's when the hair on her neck started to stand up and she just got even more creeped out. Can't see that. <laughs> I can't even imagine if I saw that in a child. Like the weird thing is I've seen people like adults with black eyes because people tattoo yeah. their eyes. What? What a choice. That seems very painful. So I, I've actually seen adults with black eyes before, but seeing a child with black eyes, no. So by this time, you know, seeing those eyes, Sarah then closed the door more, but still, you know, had it slightly open. And by that time, the girl then said, please, ma'am, we're really scared and alone out here. We have to come inside. Please help us. And then the girl began to cry and whimper. So then by this time, Sarah Beth slammed the door and locked it and just yelled through the door. I'll call your mom if you give me her number, but I'm not letting you in my house. (laughs) I just can't imagine like a crying kid. And she's like, no, slams the door. Love that. Love that journey for her. Well, I feel like by this time, though, if there's kids at my door saying they need help and they're not willing to give me their mother's phone number, and it's that late for like young children, I probably would have called like authorities by now, <laughs> like pleading for help. Mm-hmm. Now, if they're just like trick or treat, of course, I don't care. But yeah. when they're just standing yeah. there asking for help and like their story keeps changing, I'd be like, something's weird. So instead of, you know, calling someone that can actually help, she decided to call her neighbor. <laughs> yeah. And as she's doing so, she just kept staring at the kids. You know, remember, she had, like, Mm -hmm. the glass on her door. Yeah. So as she dialed the neighbor's number, the kids then left her porch, and they started, they they went to stand under the street lamp. And she could see them just staring at her from the street lamp. So I just picture her, like, in front of her door, you know, on the inside, of course, looking through the glass on the phone, and they're just, like, doing this weird stare down. Yeah. And as, like... The phone started to ring to her neighbor. They started walking away. So the neighbor came to Sarah's house and they even went two streets down to see if they could find any children and they couldn't find any of them. In the comments, Sarah Beth had actually like commented saying, I have another thing to say that bothered me. I have to say another thing that bothered me was how timely it was. They were watching and waiting for the right moment when I'd be alone. So... I don't know if they were like standing outside her house then or she believes they were standing outside her house and like saw her husband walk past the door and knew he was going to go shower. I I feel like they wouldn't really know anything unless they knew their routine. Maybe it wasn't timely. Maybe it was just like they looked and they were like one person. Now's the time. I guess. Yeah, the whole thing is weird. Also, can I just tell you, if this happened, uh, the way that I would be yelling for Ben he would know that he it was time to get out of the shower. <laughs> what would you say to him? There's there's kids with weird eyes outside. How would that that go? I would just probably scream like Ben, I need you to come here right now. Like I would just something like that. No, I'm actually thinking of like you to the interaction that you would have. <laughs> oh, me? Me? No. No, 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 no. But also, I mean like keep in mind, right? Like we're millennials. People don't come to our house unannounced for the most part. Like, if someone knocks on my door, I'm like, oh, now's the time when I get murdered. It's just one of my many Amazon packages. That's all I think. Yeah. Amazon's here. So we've told you one story that happened in a car. One story 
where the people said, nope, you're not coming to my house. And now we have one story where they allow the kids into the home. So I wasn't sure of what year this happened in because we took these stories from like various places on the internet. As always, we'll list them in our sources. But so there was a couple that lived in a secluded area in Vermont and the woman was woken up by a knock on her front door and it was around two in the morning. That, that means bad news when it's two in the morning. Yeah, that's bad news. You should not be knocking on anyone's door that late. So it had been snowing. So she had assumed that someone had gotten into an accident and needed help. That never ends well either. Yeah, no, none of this is good. So she looks outside and she noticed footprints in the snow from the road leading into the driveway. And then the motion activated light near the front door was on. And then from the side window, she could see someone was standing outside. And when the woman was filling her husband in on like what she saw, the knocking began again husband opened the door and there's two children who are both looking at the ground and they both seem like they're about eight years old and they're described as being dressed strangely with odd haircuts the girls was very long and straight and the boy had a bowl cut and that's when you know you need to slam the the door no bowl cuts (laughs) yeah no bowl cuts in my house (laughs) but so the kids are both dressed in attire that is not suited for the weather so we've got two eight-year-olds not dressed for the weather in snow at two in the morning okay so the children wouldn't make eye contact with the husband but i think at this point they're just like oh goodness yeah right because yeah eight-year-olds in the snow when the husband asked if everything was okay the children asked to be let in and the woman asked where their parents were and they said they would be there soon how do they know where they were you know like if this was yeah i have a, so many questions <laughs> this was an accident they they would be there with the kids like they're not going to be like go yeah. knock on a random stranger's door Yeah, we'll come get you later <laughs> which door so yeah the couple let them into the house and they try to get them comfortable and like i'm assuming like giving them blankets yeah, and stuff yeah. like that because it's cold and they're not dressed for it and so the children didn't appear to be put off by the fact that they're in a stranger's home they're just like okay cool just like chill with being in a stranger's home at two in the morning and they and then so the cats start to act really weird and three of the cats were like hiding yeah and then the other was glued to the woman's side yep. and that that cat particularly the hair on its back started standing up and his tail was puffed that means business and yeah whenever he looked towards the children it would like puff which i'm like that's not good yeah and he started to like hiss and back further away from the children whenever the owners tried to pet him like he was just like not doing well right here is why everyone should own an animal they tell you <laughs> yeah yeah they're they're hip to they're hip to what's going on so the woman's making them like a warm drink i'm assuming it's hot cocoa it feels right and that's when she realized that they both have black eyes and then so she's like probably freaking out but like she sounds so sweet and yeah she sounds like just a nice gal the children then go to the bathroom together weird and the woman and her husband begin to talk about like whose children they could be right and they're like this is strange and they're like talking in a hushed tone yeah and then the husband's nose starts to bleed which is pretty abnormal for him or anyone <laughs> and well no i get nosebleeds when it's really dry out and like well yeah but like this weird thing's happening and then he's like looking at his wife and his wife's like those kids have weird eyes and then it's like nosebleed then it starts pouring <laughs> that's how i imagine it in my head <laughs> i would be hysterical well then boy are we going to be upset next the power goes out so the woman starts to walk down the hallway right i don't know why and that's when her husband yells her name and she turns and she can see that the children are standing at the end of the hallway motionless and the boy looks at them and says our parents are here okay stephen king 
and opened the front door and walked out, leaving the door open. And so the husband like skitters over to the door and closes the door. And the two are like looking out the window to see like what's going on. And they see two six foot tall men dressed in black suits standing by an, an idling black car that was at the end of their driveway. I mean, at least they have their whole vibe going. Yeah, it's a whole vibe. Uh, it's a whole aesthetic even. So the power comes on 30 minutes later. And then during the next few months, the three cats that were hiding went missing. The husband's nosebleeds began to be more and more regular. And it turns out that he had a sudden onset aggressive skin cancer that had come on explicably quickly. And the woman suffers from dizzy spells and nosebleeds regularly now. That's so strange. Like, I don't understand what they are. Are they like demons? Are they, I don't know, radioactive? I, I don't even know what to say, what they are. <gasps> That's what happened at Love Pass. Black Eyed Kids. That's, we solved, we solved it. Here we are. We solved three cases I mean, today. they can go in the snow without the proper attire. So they totally could have been in Russia at that time. We know it. I can't even imagine what I would do. And yeah. again, like now there's there's ring doorbells. There's everyone has like cameras somewhere on their house. I can't even just yeah. imagine looking at like my ring, like who's ringing the doorbell? Is it Amazon? And I'm like, nope, it's black eyed kids. But you could just like scream at them through your phone. No, thank you. Nope. <laughs> I'm not letting you in. Yeah. Yeah. So there are various theories as to what these kids are. Some say demonic entities otherworldly presence uh they're always insistent to be like let in and that's what i was like are they vampires <laughs> yeah it sounds like vampires yeah they're they could be you know demons that like possess the child's body and their eyes turn black during this this really follows the supernatural because that's what the demons yeah the demons in that show their eyes are black does it um <laughs> uh, it also could be you know missing children that are taken and then they're made into black-eyed kids. Yeah, I don't know how that would work, but I don't like it. Have they ever compared these children to missing children? How weird would that be? That would, that's like, that's haunting in a level that I can't explain. <laughs> As I say, that would be a great movie. We tried to watch the black-eyed kids movie and we both had to turn it off because it was so terrible. <laughs> I forgot all about that. It was really bad. Oh, I'll never forget. I'll never forget. <laughs> They also are thought to be alien hybrids. Don't like that. The solid black eyes are co a common trait with the gray aliens. So also remember when they talk, they, they seem like out of sorts as far as their like language and dialect, like they're not from that area, or maybe they speak another language. So maybe. Yeah, like from the descriptions that I saw, it was kind of like they were using the right words, but not in the right way. Yeah, yeah. Like, right, like when they were like, I don't have a charge in my phone. And it's like, what child says that? My phone's dead, right? Like, I don't know. Also, a lot of people think that there's an association between when a black-eyed kid is spotted and a UFO mm -hmm. sighting. Aliens really mess with me. Like, that's, like, one of the things that I am, like, most scared of in this world. It just hits me on a different level, like, with cannibalism. Just don't like it. I don't handle it well. <laughs> you lump those together. <laughs> I don't know. Just there has to be something. There has to be more. I feel like I'm selfish to say like, our planet's the only one with anything. It's just us. Like, I feel like there has to be something. But like, it doesn't mean that they're bad. Oh, right. We're not that special. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that they're good. I fear the things I don't know. Ah, <laughs> uh, America. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's true. <laughs> 
maybe eventually we could do an alien episode because I find a lot of the weird sightings and like descriptions of the various people that could be aliens interesting. So another theory suggests that they're just kids that are wearing sclera contacts and messing around with people. I just can't imagine that like all of this is that. Do you know what I mean? Like the internet is saturated with like people's experiences with these beings. So the idea that they were all just random instances of kids being weird, like maybe now <laughs> that they're the internet is chock full of them. It's like kids are doing it but I, I don't think that at least the original stories that are out there are kids that are just messing around because the stories are they have too many common themes right like they speak in an odd way their clothes don't match the time period like they insist on being let in yeah it it's i could see after the story went viral that some of them could yeah. possibly be some little asshole kids trying to scare people especially on halloween night too but I did also look into it just kind of off topic. There is a couple different like medical conditions that can create black eyes. However, all of them that I've been able to find don't overtake like the white in your eye. It's just like your pupil enlarges or your pupil like takes over your your eye color. So I can't find a medical uh, a medical explanation for the way that these people have described the kids. Mm. Yeah, everything's from pupils just like overtaking all the way to something called raccoon eyes where all around your eye is black. Yeah, something new. And just to, I guess, wrap up black-eyed kids, you're not supposed to let them in, (laughs) according to all of the stories. Generally, it it leads to a negative encounter, uh, feelings of dread when approached, and then you could potentially have negative long-term effects after allowing them into your home. And I can't find, especially any of the people that have claimed to let them in their home, they haven't said that here's what caused it. You know, like they haven't been able to find, I don't know, some weird gas leak, you know, making them sick or like, yeah, there's nothing. It's just all of a sudden something terrible happened and it all happened after they let one of the kids in their house. And it seems like they don't like do anything when they're there. They stand there for a minute and then they leave or they go in another room for a minute. They leave. There's several people that claim to have let them in. And again, we can't we can't verify all of these accounts. It's just taking someone's word for it. But yeah. that's pretty much what an urban legend is, right? Okay, so Amanda, Zozo, real or not? I don't think so. Okay, Yetis, real or not? So that's a complicated one. I don't think like there's this big, scary monster thing. I think maybe there could either be another species of something that we I don't agree. know of or or possibly, I don't know, a weird, <laughs> a man. weird man. I just don't. <laughs> well, like think of like the pictures is what yeah. I mean, like like Dyatlov's pictures. Those look like it could be potentially a big, scary monster thing. But also uh, what you your picture was a rock <laughs> that you talked about. So like. Blurry pictures can be anything. So it could just be a very tall man in some of them or, you know, bears, there's wolves, there's all kinds of weird things in forests that can leave different various types of fur and teeth and bones and all of that. Uh, As you mentioned earlier, we haven't discovered every animal on this planet, but maybe there is some crazy big animal thing, monkey, I don't know what it is. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I think it's just an animal that we haven't like figured out yet. 
black eyed kids do they exist again i don't think so but if someone has like an encounter that can change my mind like i'm totally in for looking at that but as far as just weird stories one person said a weird story and they're like me too and each time it got more detailed and detailed it's just hard to say without real proof that sounds right to me like i have not seen a black eyed kid do you want uh, to but not to say no i don't want to i don't want to uh but maybe these are real maybe they're not but we'd love to know what you think. Yeah, do you have any encounters with Zozo? Have you seen a Yeti? <laughs> or have black-eyed kids knocked on your door? Because I 1,000% want to know. Yeah, well, and we'll see you next week. No bull cuts. <laughs> it's Zozo. Thanks for listening. For more information on our sources, please visit our website, drewcreeps.com. If you'd like to follow us on social media, you can follow us on Instagram at truecreepspod, on Facebook at facebook.com slash truecreepspod and on Twitter at truecreeps. We'd love for you to keep creeping with us. So if you like this episode, please subscribe, rate, review, and share the show with your fellow creeps. 